Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, hello. Be Jeffrey's cousin from Belfast. I'm June Binfield. Nice to meet you. William Ulsterman. <laughs> I shall judge whether it is nice to meet you, Mrs. Binfield, by your actions, not your upty words. Oh, righty ho. <laughs> Would you care for a canopy, Mr. Ulsterman? I should indeed. I should care for cheddar cheese and pineapple on a stick. Oh, sorry. Don't seem to have any of that. Uh, there's quiche slices. I have made a legitimate and peaceful request for cheddar cheese and pineapple on a stick. Well, I, I'd give it to you if I had it, Mr. Alsterman, but I'm afraid I haven't. I'm ever so sorry. I totally and utterly reject your expressions of sorrow. Let nobody be in any doubt these are crocodile tears ye are crying. For hundreds of years, my community has enjoyed cheddar cheese and pineapple on a stick. And today, ye have been seen to trample our demands contemptuously unto the mud. Ye vile hag, ye shall be judged guilty. You're just being unreasonable. Mussas Bunfield! Mussas Bunfield! Mussas Bunfield! Mussas Bunfield! And us not me, he is being unreasonable. And us ye! Welcome to Free State, everybody. Hi, Joe. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It's just. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I, uh,. It's good to see you. You're enjoying uh, enjoying the weather. Well, I'm sort of I'm in side where where uh, the Stardust Inquest is up and running properly now, and uh, it's just the the daily grim detail as the full horror of it all unfolds. So that's that's my daily. But, but you know, it's funny how you get used to it and. You can come out of it, and uh, I'm generally lost in thought. Mm. And uh, see that that whole courtroom forum. It uh, perfectly suits my personality. I mean, I can just see. You know, okay, okay, it's like war. <laughs> you think that suits your personality? Oh yeah, that suits me down to the ground. What aspect of it, though? Well, just the idea of you know, because I can see the person, I can know what's going on mm. with them. So you handle them in all different ways, and uh, 
inexorably it's all coming out. But you develop such a, a devotion to the families and almost you become a vessel for them. So I'm occupied yeah. with that, but I can quickly switch to something else. Once I'm out of it, I can switch to something else. You know, for, you know walking down the street, getting called a cunt by a clergyman. I've seen him twice since. Have you? I've got information. I dare not reveal it. I think we'll save that for... Uh, yeah, I think it would be be cruel to, yeah. to, to reveal yeah. his, tr- his true identity. <laughs> if you're listening out there, your secret is safe. He was a, he was, for the time being. He was, singing, he was a singing priest, was he? he was a, no, he I'm wasn't. not answering any more okay. of your questions. That's, yeah, I'm used to that. I want to talk to you um, about our favourite subject, maybe, unionism. And now I, I'm not sure, again, if we agree on, on this, um, but... I was looking, and I think you 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 made ref- you you reference it as a there's a DUP uh, uh, representative, DEA representative of South Belfast, Darren Layton, who only has 121 followers. So maybe he doesn't need to be amplified. But you did amplify him there when he tweeted about the uh, Irish language signage for Olympia. And the BCC has proposed that Irish language signage be added to existing signage at Olympia Leisure Centre. We are keen to hear your views. Capital letters. Your <laughs> views. Mark. That would seem to be... Uh, yeah, it is vital. It is vital say. you have a say. And then, and then a DUP poster. Say no to... <laughs> <laughs> say no to Irish language signage at Olympia. Okay, well, let's, DUP. Pull, let's pull back here a second for anybody listening who might not have paid much attention to this. Because I know we've got a large audience in the North. We have a large audience across the, you know, across the country, across the UK, everywhere. People might not be wondering, like, what, what is the, uh, what is the, what is the, the deal with Irish language signage in the first place? And what is, 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 can you articulate from the point of view of, say, Darren Layton or any other DUP representative, what, the public position is for saying no to something like this. Not, you know, and we can get to what you believe it to be like later on, but why, what is the kind of the given reason for this? Well, the, the Shankle Road artist, Dermot Seymour, very progressive guy. He was asked once why he painted headless Ulster men. None of them have any heads. And he said, if you're a Protestant in the North, you're not allowed to think for yourself because you might talk sense. And that threatens their insecurities. It's dangerous. If you're in a cult, the last thing you want to do is have involved in rational debate because rational thought and debate leads to pragmatic change. It leads to things like power sharing. Better to have no head, you know, because headless men can't talk themselves into trouble and so everything must be resisted the great um, Susan Mackay who's another of the progressive voices um, she's a a dairy, London dairy woman and an author who is now 
she has been frozen out by the the uh, the unionist sort of political, the unionist loyalist community, described as a Lundy. And for listeners around the place, Robert Lundy is a is the hate figure for unionists because he was the governor of the city of Derry during the siege of Derry in 1689. Uh, the Catholic King James had besieged the city and the locals, the apprentice boys, discovered that Lundy <laughs> was in secret negotiations with them to to surrender. And uh, they they had locked the gates and the people were suffering terribly. You know, the siege lasted for over a hundred days. They ate rats to survive. You know, they lived in appalling conditions, but they saw it through. And James was ultimately repelled. And that no surrender attitude, you know, every year in Derry City, they burn a 20 foot high, one ton effigy of Lundy. And uh, anyone, since that time, anyone who departs from the cult is a Lundy, a traitor, you know, and which is why Seymour, the artist, said, look, um, that's why I paint headless people, because if you're a progressive unionist, as in a person who just wants to get on and wants to build communities, etc., etc., you better keep your fucking mouth shut, because if you don't, you're going to be attacked and pilloried and, and branded as a traitor to Ulster. So the Irish language is all part of that. I mean, they talk about the Irish language being weaponized. <laughs> like, there are three Irish, there are three Gale skulls in Dungiven. You know, I can assure you that no one there is carrying arms. You know, this is this is a language, it's about your cultural identity. And I think also there's a there's a feeling all the time that they're losing some something, you know. Uh, that that this sort of very confident, progressive, relaxed culture that you see on the nationalist side is something that they greatly fear. Because they're not being led, they're not being guided out of where they are. And all cults are doomed. You know, in the end, if you don't join the real world, they're doomed. And we can but, see. Mm. But is there not now, like, I, I accept your point from the point of view of, like, unionism or DUP version of unionism, that this, this that you're uh, frozen out if you have that point of view. But they are diminishing. We see how they're diminishing. Well, they are. But they're they also, are, they aren't, but they're dominating the airwaves. But is that a media, is that, a, is that again, the fault not of really. I mean, Doug Beatty. Doug Beatty, who I have great time for, leader of the Ulster Unionist yeah. Party, is trying to move the dial. I mean, Doug Beatty would not commit before the elections. So I asked, look, if you were in a position to be the Deputy First Minister, would you serve as a Deputy First Minister under Michelle O'Neill? And he wouldn't commit to it. He just simply said, look, you know, that's not going to happen, and sidestepped it. And that's a pragmatic decision on Doug's part, look, I can't go there. I have to be very careful. I'm moving this dial very, very, very slowly. And but th that's like Keir Starmer talking about Brexit and not saying that, you know, Brexit was a disaster. Yeah, well, it's different than that. It's different than that because he's, Doug's coming out of a community that that is very, very constrained. I mean, in the North, free speech is for Catholics. It's not for Protestants. They don't have free speech. And that's whether what do you mean by that? Well, it means whether you're talking about LGBTQ rights, the protocol, Brexit, 
possible solutions to the northern problem? Their answer to that is no, 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 we're not going to, no, no. We can discuss that and debate it as we do. There are all, there are huge amounts of debates going on in my community, you know, for for Protestants. There's only one view publicly available and woo betide anyone who gives a different one. I mean, I, I was in Fingal County Council, Chamber of Commerce, at their annual dinner, you know, and their GDP in that area, because it incorporates the airport, is almost the same as the, the entire GDP of the North. Hmm. And it was a very lively question and answer session after my talk. And one of the questions that was asked was, why is it the prominent Protestant business people who we do business with all the time and who are, are being pragmatic, why is it that they do not speak out about what's going on in the North? Hmm. And the answer to that is, if you speak out, you're going to be pilloried. You better brace yourself for an avalanche. And, I mean, let me give you, let me give you, a, a, you know, there, there are ample examples. Like, in a well, few years ago, uh, a North Down DUP man, Tom Smith, he opposed the party and he supported lighting up the Ards Town Hall in the rainbow colours. He was deselected by the party, consigned to the wilderness, hasn't been heard of since. You know, and Guy Spence, I think, is probably one of the more powerful and very disappointing stories, but it's a good illustration again about not, not being able to step out of line. Deputy Lord Mayor of Belfast, he was a very interesting young progressive. Uh, you know, whenever you hear a unionist in the North speaking in a way that's modern, it immediately, your ears prick up, mm. you know, your ears prick up. And he he decided, he was he's a Royal Navy veteran, um, very articulate. He took the party on in their LD, LGBTQ stance and he went to one of those ceremonies at Army HQ to celebrate the anniversary of the lifting of the ban on gay people serving in the military. And he complimented the great courage of gay people, you know, and he, he, he said, look, you know, it's really important now that we as a party publicly reflect on how wrong homophobic behaviour is. And uh, at that stage, he was, you know, widely applauded by the wider community in the North, but you knew it was coming. Like within two months, he'd been hounded out of the party. He resigned. He said, look, you know, I've lost all confidence in the party, its integrity. I've made my position untenable. My resignation and retirement, he said, have been accelerated by recent events involving a blatant attempt to cause me harm. His home and car had previously been subjected to vandalism. He then moved to England to get away, rejoined the RAF. And then just quite recently, he said, you know, I left the DUP after many years. I couldn't stand the bitter twisted and hateful actions set out against me and my values, fueled by those wanting to cause me harm. And that's a that's a story that's explored by Susan McKay across Northern Ireland now, where you've got a very progressive, large numbers of progressive unionists, just ordinary people who just want to get on with life, with politics, with business, with, with relationships. And yet they're being held back. They, they, they feel that they cannot speak out publicly. But that's like, yeah, like I, but I read, col I read journalists, I read people like, you know, Sarah Crichton, you know, Newton Emerson, who writes from a unionist perspective. They, yeah. they, 
they take an angle to they're not they're not they're not being denied their freedom of speech they're not, so they're not it's not it's not that they're that's okay newton or emerson's a very punchy journalist and mm. that's fine people will go into that space but i'm talking about people in the wider unionist community recently Re- i was invited <laughs> to, to talk to protestants right it's uh, by and i was asked right so I was asked to go and address this large group of concerned progressive Protestants, right? Mm. And because of the person who asked me to do it, of course I would always do that anyway, no problems with that. And I went, I travelled and spent two hours with this very progressive group, you know, ex-police um, commander, and one of the widows of one of the terrible bombs in the north, um, you know, people who had suffered as a result of the IRA hmm. and the NLA um, and people from very diverse unionist background but very progressive and it was a brilliant discussion you know, um, we, we sat in a circle to start with and I, I started by saying, you know, it's a bit in a way, it's not daunting for me but you know, it's all new people and I said, hi, it was just like an AA meeting. I said, hi, I'm Joe, and I'm a recovering Catholic. So, <laughs> but but it was a fascinating discussion, but I was asked, and, and the theme of it was the great frustration. How do we change things? How do we speak out? How do we have our voice heard without being pilloried and lambasted? You know, how do we express our grave frustration and anger at what's happening to the North? The fact that our NHS is being run into the mm. ground, our public services are being run into the ground, that we've got no politics. You know, they're, they're, they were seething with frustration. And they said to me, one of the conditions before I went there was that I couldn't say where I was, who I was talking to, who had invited me. That's how concerned they were. These are middle-class, progressive Unionist people, that's how concerned they were that this had to be kept secret while they're working out how they can find a voice. And so that's why I say to you that in the North, free speech is for Catholics. I mean, uh, Joel, sorry. No, no, go on. I, I just, no, go on, finish that I mean, point. Joel, Joel Keyes, very interesting young loyalist activist, and he's got a good following on Twitter. Um, Shankle Road Boy. And, you know, he posts really like ordinary sort of tweets, but they're absolutely extraordinary coming from a young person from a loyalist background in the shankle. You know, and he's been saying, look, um, unionism's got to start engaging in a public debate. We need to define what a new Ireland would look like. Mm. Now, when he said that, he said that on Twitter, what happened immediately was all the newspapers fucking ringing him. You see... Get this guy on. What the f... So they get him on and here he is. And then all of a sudden it starts, the campaign of intimidation. You know, he said, he, he, he said, you know, um, it was so disappointing, you know, that all of a sudden I was a traitor. You know, I was a traitor. What I was doing was treachery. I was abandoning my community. I was a Lundy, you know. And he he talks about things which are, would be ordinary for you, ordinary for the vast majority of our listeners, but 
but extraordinary in the north. You know, I mean, he says, like, it's inevitable there's going to be a border poll, which of course there is going to be one. He can't understand why people in this community were afraid of it, you know. I mean, why would would we want to stop a democratic vote? He says, I mean, that's how democracy works. Well, then, what happens? The police visit him shortly afterwards to say there have been plausible death threats against him. And that it was likely that that would involve the use of guns against him. A whole security regime had to be put in place. And uh, when, when Keyes, who continued to speak out, he's a ballsy kid. He said, with our side, you're very limited in what you can say. There is a lot of paranoia. And so the Irish language thing, like the answer to everything else, everything else, you bury your head in the sand. You know, you collapse Stormont, you laugh at opposing views, you sloganize, you issue dire warnings, you pretend that the Irish language is something that's going to threaten the very mm. existence of Protestants. You know, these fucking Fenians, now they want to fucking speak Irish and they're doing it deliberately. They're doing it deliberately to undermine you and to undermine your way of life. And so when Darren Layton says, it is critical that we hear your views, I, I tweeted him. And he says replies are turned off. The DUP's replies are always turned off, you see, because you can't engage with reality. I I tweeted to him, um, why is it vital, Darren? That was a very civil question. Response came there, none. And, you know, I think it was Keyes who said, like, what's the plan here? Like, Mm. what's our plan? You know, where are we going? Yeah. And so... But but you see I think but I I accept all that and I think there is I think especially since Brexit uh, there has been um, you know you, and you can see it in the voting patterns and the, the nationalist vote isn't getting any bigger particularly but like the unionist vote is shrinking um, and there is those especially younger people who have a Protestant identity probably a small U unionist identity but they also have other they have other uh, strings to their bow if you like they're they're they were they voted remain they they believe in uh lgbt rights all these kind of things and they've been abandoned by a bit like if uh it's more it's more it's more existential than a, the conservative party in the uk because it is as you know it's it's a more it unionism is is kind of closer to the fabric but they've been abandoned there now i would also say that there are certain issues uh that, you know, you would look at the nationalist side and think, and we might talk about this at another time, that like where, you know, free speech or debate, you might be less inclined to put your head above the parapet. If you come out and talk about commemorations, if you come out and talk about these things from a nationalist Everybody's view, talking about them. But not, not from, uh, you know, but you, you get... What? But yeah, but, there, there, but there's In a the certain SDLP, point the for example, you know, uh, and the SCLP... The SCLP get mocked would for be, Yeah, but, you know... They, they speak their minds, you know, and there's 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 thriving debates going on mm-hmm. in the in the nationalist community, which of course is changing into something very different, like Catholicism. That's that's, well, that's fallen good, yeah, well, that's, that's fallen by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, but you think that you think that the younger generation have any particular interest in this sort of yaboo politics? Mm-hmm. They have absolutely zero interest in it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a there's a, a drag queen, Stephen. Don and Dalzell, and he, he's married to his husband. He lives in the Shankill Road, and he is the nightmare. 
You know, he's the nightmare for the DBN. I mean, they have pilloried him and attacked him and all of that. And, you know, it, it it's an interesting thing that if you're, you always know whether someone's politics are irrational, right? Whether they're actually serious about doing business and getting on and interest in the greater good in how they treat the LGBT community. That's the litmus test. Because if you're attacking them, all you're doing then is you're using that as a distraction for the fact that, you know, you're not going to engage in real politics. Well, we, so saw, you that imagine- with, we saw that with Trump the other day where he actually talked about, uh, when I talk about tax cuts, you don't uh, <laughs> you don't get excited. But when I talk about, uh, you know, the culture war things, you all get fired up. And he's like saying, you know, the stuff that actually matters one way or the other, you don't care about. But if I give you, throw you a bit of culture war red meat. I mean, whenever Trump was overheard saying, I just grabbed them by the pussy. Yeah. That was the moment when he became the president of America. Mm. Fucking brilliant. There you go. Woohoo! Really? The policies? Who really cares about that? You know, and so the DUP are very conscious of that. That's why they've They've had such a ferocious line on LGBTQ. And and so in stark contrast to what's actually happening in the North, because Stephen Donald Dalzell has written about this. Uh, he writes, he contributes to The Guardian, a very clever, very articulate guy who's obviously been put under huge personal pressure, you know, because of where he lives and all of that. But he talks about, he has written before about how much community support he has there and how much support he and his husband get. There are no issues around that. you know. And he's talking about how out of step, increasingly, old-style unionist loyalist politics are with the younger electorate, who are saying, Fuck, are you fucking serious? I mean, there's a big, big flourishing gay quarter in Belfast now where you can go in, and it is the most unthreatening place in the world, mm. you know. If you want to go and really enjoy a night, and have a nice... I mean, recently... Recently, me and my old pal David Goff went to the George here in Dublin. I'd never been in the George before, but it was fantastic. It was, you know, very relaxed, very loving atmosphere. You know, everyone sort of that sort of brotherly love feeling throughout, brotherly, sisterly, them, their, him, her. Very relaxed, a loving atmosphere, which is how society should be. And we're we have that we have that sort of gay quarter in Belfast now, very very flourishing LGBTQ trans scene, and so you know you've got that disconnect, but still you've got the fact that unionist people, loyalist people from the north and those communities do not have free speech. It's an attack job. I mean, they go after you. You know, people like Ruth Dudley Edwards. You know, that whole sort of community, it just immediately starts to go for you. Immediately starts to go for you. I've experienced that myself. And obviously, I'm not <laughs> from the background. It doesn't matter a fuck to me what they <laughs> yeah. say. But, you know, it they would... They, for, it would be good. It would be quite a reveal if at this stage in the podcast you announced that you were from a unionist background. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it doesn't... You know, if I, you know it, it, it yeah. really makes no difference to me what your religion is. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I don't care. Hmm. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the sort of the, the peak of the peak of sort of humanity is that we're blind to color, blind to religion, mm. you know, blind to disability. See, can, I, can I say where I, I come from on, the, on this in terms of when you talk about the border poll and I think, I think everything you say about the DUP, it, it's very hard to argue with that. It's very hard to argue with the, 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 car, the cartoon way they, they, they do politics and the, this, the way they've sabotaged the, and p- betrayed their own people really. Like, I don't think you can argue with that. I also think when it comes to the, the Isle, when it comes to Ireland, I think, you know, we, we, we still need to have a grown-up conversation about how we incorporate uh, Protestant, you know, a million Protestants into the do you, island. Do you think you yeah. have to have that? Yeah, I, mean, I do. I definitely do. Do you think that, for example, right, so, what, 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 like, ne- we, what, 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 what still surprises me even yet like, I've been living in Dublin for the last while because yeah. of Stardust. And I am constantly going around in a state of delight about how multicultural it is. I mean, I got the train last night, the last tram, one of the last trams. Mm. And it was just so pleasingly multicultural. Like In Belfast alone, now, John Finucane told me that 80 different languages are spoken in Belfast. But Belfast is an incredible uh, city. Like I went, when I was up but there a while ago staying with you and it was like the energy in Belfast and because it doesn't have the, you can still afford to live in the city, <laughs> like unlike in, in oh, yeah. Dublin, yeah. Uh, yeah. it has got an even greater energy. Like it's, a, yeah. it's amazing. It is. It, it is. And, and yet, you know, it's why I say that there is a disconnect between this, this, loud sectarian sort of politic that drowns out all of the great things that are happening, you know, and that holds us back so badly. And, you know, I think that it's important to call it out. You can't just let it go and say, like, fuck me, you know, they're laughing. So you have to call why, it out why, and be honest you, about why it. Do you, so I, why do you think you can, it's not important to have a conversation about how we... It's very important to have the conversation. But what you were saying about when I said, you know, how, how we're going to accommodate... Oh, well, I just think that you know, any any 
Protestants who are living in the South. I mean, this, this, you know, this, nobody's going to really, who cares? Who gives a fuck what your religion is? I mean, we see that. I mean, as if, as if for example, the North somehow, I mean, they're not going to be, I mean, Protestants aren't going to be loaded up onto a boat and brought to some sort of Republican colony. You know, they're going to continue to live where they are, whatever shape we have as a society, whatever the political structure is, is definitely going to change. You know, whether you've got a parliament in Belfast and, and you know, uh, working as an adjunct to the to the Dáil, you know, whatever shape those structures take, people aren't going to be transported out of their lives. Their lives are going to remain. Well, like their a- lives are going to remain the same. They're going to have the same allegiances. They're going to support the same football teams, rugby teams, but, but, soccer but teams. I mean, if you're a Linfield supporter, nobody's, nobody's going to change your culture. No, I mean, but, but, I come back to the point. After everything that happened, I mean, we lived in this colony yeah. since sort of 1920 when it was established. It hasn't affected us in the slightest in terms of our cultural allegiance and the things we want to do. I mean, at the height of the troubles when they were shooting boys and all the rest of it, you know, and and GA men were disappearing after games and been taken off and shot dead. But look at the didn't affect our sense of Irishness no, but and what affected, we wanted to do. It affected your sense of security in the place. Yeah, but not now living. it doesn't. No, it did, but it did at the time. All, 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 all any, all, I mean, what, what any civilization strives for is equality and fairness and well, love that, and all those important things. Well, there they are the important things. Like, and that's, you know, but I think you have to have a, you have to have some sort of idea of how you're... You know what happened to us? What do you there's mean? a great word, you know, there's a, there's a, an absolutely fantastic word, word, called border fucked have you heard of that word no border fucked is a fantastic word it appears in a it appears in a play I'm trying to think of the name of the play that'll come to me in a minute it's called the border game and the authors are Michael Patrick and uh, Oshin Kearney and border fucked is defined as, <laughs> I love this, the condition of being fucked economically, socially and psychologically due to the stroke of a pen. Common in Ireland, the Middle East, <laughs> and, and, and as they defined it, and all over the fucking world. And the point is this, that unionism, like us, they were border fucked. Yeah. You know, this was never going to last. You know, this was, this was, it was it was it was done as a short term measure to head off the Ulster Volunteer Forces threats. You know, it was supposed to be home rule for for everyone. It was suggested by Lloyd George that it would be a staging post on the way to United mm. Ireland, but you know it didn't turn out that way. And now you have a situation where the DUP feel that rather than deal with these issues and let's get on now, okay? It's just like, fuck you, you know? And anything, anything that can drive people crazy. So at the moment, it's, you know, um, attacking John Finucane because he's going to a, a, a commemoration of IRA volunteers. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be my thing, but, you know, they would say, well, look, it's respecting our dead, John Finucane has laid wreaths at the Cenotaph and fully respected the the the, 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 the British Army dead, etc. What do you mean uh, it wouldn't be your thing? 
It's just I'm not I'm not for that sort of stuff. You know, I I never supported the IRA. You know, I um, I've always abhorred violence. I uh, I cannot sort of countenance the idea that someone would be murdered. Yeah, you know, um, this you know some of the and it doesn't really matter what it is or who did it. You know, I mean these. The, the the troubles was, you know, a, a horrifying thing from start to finish. I mean, we take our black humour out of it, sure. You know, you live, it's amazing how quickly you get used to it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it said by philosophers and by many great writers. I mean, Cormac McCarthy, who just died, the Pulitzer Prize winning author, um, he said, you know, that... Um, absolutely nothing exceptional about war. War is war is the human condition. You know, we're lucky if we're not at war. Yeah. And, you know, history is circular. And, uh, but for me, you know, I couldn't support that and uh, wouldn't support that. I mean, every human life is sacred. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people who have suffered in both communities, you know, Protestant and Catholic. And uh, the suffering's exactly the same. But there is that thing, and we've talked about this before, that it's almost like there's a visceral energy that comes from these commemorations in terms of, again, firing people up. Uh, uh, only if you fire them up. So the DUP go after it, you see, and then BBC Northern Ireland goes after it. Because essentially, you know, you take some great journalists like Mark Curlers out of it, essentially they enjoy the sectarianism, they enjoy the friction. You know, um, you know the fact that, the fact that, such airtime has been given to bilingual signage in a council in a very cross community area, you know, because the media likes friction. Mm. Yeah, I know. But, but I mean, the the idea that the the idea of going after John Finnegan, it's just it's 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 it gives them something to do. They've got nothing like no, and like, they have the nothing else to be the, doing. The thing is, I'm I'm we we have talked about this in before, and I am interested in when you say like I'm interested in why. Okay, you, I kind of agree. I don't know why people. Okay, you want to remember your, you want to remember your dad, but when you, when you bring it, they're in... they're all at it. Me, all Martin's at it. And no, I know Fucking that, Leo yeah. Veradkar's at it. I mean, Leo would have as much interest. Leo would have as much interest in Michael Collins, like in the, in the man and the moon. But it is a byproduct of nationalism of all of all of all sides of whether it's Ulster nationalism, Irish nationalism, whatever. That you kind of think your own story is a benign one and everyone else's is malignant. And you kind of go along and you celebrate these things or you commemorate these things. I don't think, I don't think that people in the nationalist community in the North would be allowed to think in that way. Like, in what way? Well, the people who are still pursuing that, that way, like that tunnel vision, Brits out, fucking kill them all, fucking prods are bad, all the rest of it. That's that eerie stuff. He's like, nobody, nobody supports that fucking tiny it's minuscule numbers of people you know now you've got a progressive north that you think that 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 Sinn Féin would flourish in the polls if they were pushing that crap in the modern era they're held to account you know like our, the parties in the north are held to account and everybody can see the alliance party sitting in the middle there sucking up votes from all over the place you know completely sort of you know I mean, the Alliance Party have. I mean, Naomi Long's a sharp operator. She's a comes from a staunchly unionist working mm. class area. You know, the only way that they could that they could operate 
was the Alliance Party. So you get into the Alliance Party. I mean, she's a pure Lundy. Like, she's, she's described as a Republican by the DUP and, and all of that. But, you know, everybody else in the North, I say this with absolute confidence, is involved in real politics. Now. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, it, it, but, uh, it just yeah. w- it would not be acceptable. What's going on for, for Protestant people would not be acceptable in my community. Not for one second, like... But I, I do think it's the one area where there's still a way to go in evolving how people, they've got to find another way of, because of the thing, you know, you see the South Armagh. It, it, well, they, they, they do this, like, I, I, but like it's ge- just genuinely, so inflammatory. Genuinely. Well, it is, I don't think it is inflammatory. Do you not? No, I think that it's manufactured outrage. I mean, like, put it to you this way, right? The 12th is coming up, right? Yeah. They will rob the Fenians' noses yeah, and they'll hang up the effigies. Yes, but, you know, you just, you laugh at it and you say, what the, you know, let them at it, right? My point is this. It is manufactured outrage. It's not real. And again, okay, I, like yeah. the LGBTQ, it's another issue to distract from the fact that we're not doing politics, but we're fucking staunch in the unionist question, so you can vote for us. Yeah. And yeah. we're the only people, we will look, we're the only people who will preserve you from this disaster of all these free staters. Mm. Like, imagine people down here even thinking in that way, you know, that they would be hostile towards... I mean, let's say there's United Ireland. Yeah. To be honest, for the vast majority of people, there's not going to be any difference. People in Belfast will still live in their communities. They'll still live and love there. Everything Everything will continue to normalize, of course, and it will get better. And economically will become far superior. But as Joel Key says, you know, it's not treachery to talk about real things that are really happening now. Mm. No, I know that. And I just wanted, I, I found, uh, I think it is, I think, I think when Sinn Féin, if they find a way of talking about that in a way. Talking that, about what? Talking about these, talking about commemorations in a way, talking about the past in a way that doesn't abandon the people they feel they can't abandon, but also because they are the driving force for unity, it does actually mean that people are are, are wary of unity. You have to sort of say it, I suppose. Like, you know, Mary Lou this week saying that um, if she was the Taoiseach, you know, she wouldn't be going to provisional IRA. I mean, uh, what what was the point of all our good work? The good ra, the bad ra, ooh, uh, up which ra, all the rest of it. To be honest, I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff, you know. But you know what, can I, Joe, it's amazing because I found uh, a letter this week from WB Yates in in 1918 uh, when they were trying to introduce conscription in Ireland uh, after 1916 and there was this big push to kind of bring in conscription and show the Irish and he wrote a letter to Lord Haldane and it said, if conscription is opposed upon Ireland, it will be neither imposed nor met in cold blood. I have just been speaking to a man who said to an officer this morning, why do you want conscription with the war nearly at an end? And the officer had replied, we want the charm of teaching these people a lesson. And then he just went on to say, there will be incidents that become anecdotes and legends according to whether they are told by the educated or by the poor, and the legends of the poor never die. Each side will have its wrongs to tell of, and these will keep England and Ireland apart during your lifetime and mine. England will forget the anecdotes in a few years, but the legends will never be forgotten. 
I don't know how you want me to respond to that. It sums it all up. Yeah. I mean, forget the legends. Uh, uh, yeah, well, well, I mean, I suppose that, that, you know, there's an emotional part of us all and a nostalgic part of us all. But I mean, when I'm emotional and nostalgic at things, I don't, I don't remember things like the Troubles. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember Kilkenny, you know, like Freddy Krueger reappearing at the window, you know, scoring the goal with 10 seconds to go when they should have been long dead and buried. You know, you remember great sporting moments or, 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 or great moments like, for example, the, 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 the same-sex marriage referendum mm. in Ireland, which was really an incomparable moment in its excitement and its promise of things to come and a wonderful future for everyone here. You know, we in the North are, we're just, we're just dealing with, once we get over the death throes, once this, the, the, the DUP sort of death cult is in its death throes now, and once we get over that, everything will be okay. I mean, the uh, Heaven's Gate cult, which uh, I think this week is its anniversary, um, they um, all took their own lives. They were wearing Nike running shoes. This was in 1997, displaying the cult insignia. And they put bags over their head to ensure a lack of oxygen, draped purple shrouds over themselves. And they all drank applesauce mixed with sedatives and vodka. Um, sounds like a good night out in the Dungiven Club. And uh, their belief was, and they were very fervent in their belief, that the world was ending at that particular time because the I think it was called the Hale Cobb Comet was passing the Earth. And it was actually a spaceship that would transport their souls to a new world called the Next Level, where they would undergo spiritual enlightenment. And uh, the Hale Bob Comet passed, all of them died, and... Um, I suppose you could argue that they got on the spaceship. They're not their earth, not their earthly bodies, yeah. but but their spirits. And I think that um, you know that sort of loyalist cult in the north is slowly but surely going that way. But we're just going to have to put up with it. Everything is going to be all right. That's what we're going to call this episode. Yeah, you, you just have to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> On that note, we'll go out into the streets and ask, you know, what would Jesus do? Thank you. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.